Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. What's up, Bobby? I'm glad to be doing another episode. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Portal series, as in Portal 1 and Portal 2. And like always, spoilers ahead. So, Portal is a puzzle game, which is a little bit different from what we've been doing. We've been focusing mainly on games that are maybe action-adventure and have a defined story, which most puzzle games don't. They're typically there just for the puzzles. But this one does have some lore and stories, and I think it's going to be fun to dive into that. So, the Portal franchise is a puzzle game that was developed by Valve. The first Portal game was released on October 10th. 2007 as a part of a game bundle called the orange box which included games developed by valve such as half-life 2 and team fortress 2 which are very popular games of theirs portal was originally released for windows xbox 360 and ps3 eventually making its way to mac and linux portal was originally added to the bundle box as like a little short bonus game because it's only like three or four hours long but the game was so highly received that it was considered the highlight of the entire bundle. This praise is what led to the development of Portal 2, which has created, which was created as a longer game compared to the first one. Portal 2 was released on April 19th, 2011 for all systems, so Linux, Mac, PS3, Xbox 360, and Windows. Portal 2 added a lot of new features to increase the puzzle complexity like they added speed gel and what else what other gel was there running gel or no jumping gel there was just like a whole bunch of i don't remember exactly because it has been a while since i played it probably since it released like (laughs) well or like 2012 yeah but it was like a whole bunch of just different incorporated gels that buffed you or some weird way yeah, I can't remember all of them, but yeah. So yeah, they added just a bunch of stuff that just added a little more to each puzzle so there was more variation. So this game was also highly praised for the gameplay just in general. It was it got nominations for Best Overall Game, Best Puzzle Game, and even Most Anticipated Game of 2011. On top of how great the gameplay was, they added more content to be played with co-op mode which gave more puzzles to play with a friend together portal 1 and portal 2 sold over 8 million copies which is by no means a small feat especially for a game that was only like four hours long for the first one yeah that's exactly what i was going to say for a one that was basically not even meant to be like this hit game. They were mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is a nice, like, almost mini game. We'll just add it there for mm-hmm. people to have a little extra fun. So, this kind of is going to be a general description for about both Portal games. Portal consists primarily of solving a series of puzzles that's solved by teleporting the, the player's character and simple objects using. The Aperture Science Handheld Portal Device, aka the Portal Gun, to create two spatial holes that you can walk through and bring other living things to. And then you are challenged and taunted by the artificial intelligence known as GLaDOS, which means Genetic Life Form and Disk Operating System, to complete each puzzle in the Aperture Science Enrichment Center. Use the portal gun with the promise of receiving cake when all the puzzles are completed. The game's unique physics allows kinetic energy to retain through the portals as well, requiring creative use of portals to maneuver through the test chambers. Yeah, and that last sentence, the uh, the physics allows to be retained. As GLaDOS would say, speedy things go in, speedy things come out. So, I love GLaDOS so much. She is so funny. Like, she adds so much to the game as you're playing. Like, just she, witty comments she makes. It's just so fun to play and listen to, like, what she's going to say about you. She's very insulting, which is very rude, but... For a character you technically probably only see for, 
what, maybe 20 minutes? Yeah, maybe. 30 minutes combined in both Portal games? You, like, you fall in love with this character, even though it's taunting you. Yeah, and, and she's kind of your enemy. <laughs> she's so mean. It's a love-hate she's, relationship. Yeah, she's so mean, but she's just such a fun addition to the game. So, uh, the concept of Portal was born out of a student project from DigiPen Institute of Technology entitled, er, titled Narbacular Drop. The game included the aspects of placing portals on flat surfaces and using them to maneuver around levels. Valve's employees attending a DigiPen career fair saw their game and shortly after offered the entire team jobs at Valve to help expand on their idea, which is really cool. They saw this game, they saw potential, and they're like, yo, you want to work for us? Because this is, this is good shit right here. What I liked is not the fact that they didn't buy it off of them. Nah, they're like, I, I want you and your entire team mm-hmm. to come work for us. We don't want just your idea. We want you guys who created the idea. I think yeah. that's pretty nice, too. Yeah, I like that. Because most people would just buy the, like, the, the rights. rights to the game. But they just want to step further and like, you know what? Just come with us. We'll take you guys with us. This is not kidnapped. This is consensual. You come in with us. Like, you, you want you want some cake? We'll give you some cake. <laughs> so going off of kind of what we said earlier, it is a puzzle game, and we'll talk about some experiences we had throughout the game. Don't get me wrong, but for the majority of this aspect, we're going to kind of talk about the lore behind it. So it's. Think of this kind of almost like Nazi zombies. Well, Portal is a little more expansive than Nazi zombies, but if you know anything about Nazi zombies, there's like a hidden story behind it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, for one, when I played Portal 2, I kind of just played it for the puzzles because it was really fun and challenging to mm-hmm. see all these different puzzles. Same. And I just thought GLaDOS was kind of there just to like make things more interesting and so it's not just you going through these test chambers and it's like oh okay so this literally is a puzzle game i didn't realize there was such enrichment backstory behind all of this stuff that happens that i found while doing this so that's why i'm kind of happy to share some of this experience and some of the stuff i found because i personally it's going to come in a shock that we're doing this but I personally have never actually played the original Portal game. I have seen video game gameplay of it, and I've done my some of research about it. But I've only my experience comes from Portal Two. Yeah, I'm about in the same boat as you. I had no idea that there was such deep backstory in it. Like you hear her talking, and she makes comments, like Glados makes comments about the past and certain people in the past. But I never really thought about it too much until i started doing some in-depth research about this and figured out there is a lot of lore involved and how everything is just interconnected the gameplay between portal 2's single player and portal 2's multiplayer are connected and it's not quite clear how at first but we'll get into that when we get to the end of portal 2 i was always confused about that too because i was like wait why is single player and multiplayer different characters? Like, how does this story line up? Mm-hmm. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Let's backtrack to where it all began. So, obviously, in both games, you play in the fictional setting, the Aperture Science Enrichment Center. Now, that's a lot to say, but if we constantly say that, that's also because GLaDOS likes to constantly remind you and say everything in its like scientifical form instead of saying like portal gun it will say at the aperture science handheld portal device like that that's a mouthful to say <laughs> but anyways <laughs> the game begins with shell who is your main character aka you playing up Waking up from a status bed, hearing instructions and warnings from GLaDOS and artificial intelligence about upcoming tests. You wake up not really knowing anything and enters into different chambers that introduce us to the game mechanics. Basically, this is the tutorial stage where you learn about 
what the portal gun does and all the like different nuances you can use. GLaDOS will continuously hand out instructions to you and help the player progress throughout the game. But as we mentioned earlier, it also has this very like sassy nature. So it helps develop the character itself as the AI as more of a person. So I think that was a nice little tidbit they add to it. So it's not just a system like message like, hey, don't do this, don't do that, blah, blah, blah. And if you're familiar with the Portal series at all, this is where Shell, you, are promised cake as her reward if she completes all the test chambers. And of course, who wouldn't want some delicious cake? <laughs> yeah, so... As you're playing, you're proceeding through this empty enrichment center with GLaDOS. You never actually see her, she's just a voiceover. But at this point, she's your only companion that can be heard. There's no one else around that we know of. As the game goes on, when you start to you start to go through simple tests, and they start to get a little bit harder as you go through. So it's just like at first sort of things like make a portal and walk through it to the other side of this gap and things like that but it starts to add a little more complexity to where you have to start thinking a little bit deeper about how to solve these puzzles and it gets so difficult that it almost seems like glados is purposely making them harder and attempts to kill you maybe maybe you're just paranoid i don't know but she seems to be pretty sinister so the encouraging words that she would give start to sound a little more twisted. She starts to not really care for your safety and the well-being of her test subject of, for you. The test chambers become increasingly dangerous with like, live fire on the course designed for military androids, as well as some chambers flooded with like hazardous liquids. In another chamber, GLaDOS notes the importance of a weighted companion cube, which is a waist-high cube with a single large heart on each face kind of to make you feel like you have a connection with this cube i don't know how long you actually get the cube and it's one more thing i would like to add before you mm -hmm. kind of go on is the whole thing about the military anders i guess i should have kind of mentioned this a little earlier obviously this was a like science research facility if you couldn't already get that from researching the portal gun so clearly this was made for like the military purposes so that's why when they start getting dangerous when we say like a live fire course designed for military androids like you have to remember your character shell is a human being like mm -hmm. they're not really made to do this so it, you may not know the significance when we say that i just wanted to put a little more emphasis on why that's significant i did kind of fail to mention that sorry about that <laughs> but that's why it's some of this may now seem make more sense because this was like a military research facility. Yeah. So, so as you did, yeah, like you said, you're this human going through all these twisted things. So as you progress, like I said, you get this weighted companion cube and GLaDOS marks how important it is to have this. So you kind of get it. She wants you to get attached to a cube. Obviously it's just a cube, but she declares, like, it must be euthanized in an emergency intelligence incinerator before Shell can continue. So, she's trying to break Shell. You you just got this cube for a reward for passing these tests, and then she takes it away from you immediately and tells you that you have to continue on without your test, or without your cube. It's revealed that later that Shell has this the highest tenacity in the test subjects, which is why she gets to continue onwards despite everything that she's faced so far so she kind of just overcomes most scenarios so she is basically chosen because she is one of the high ones that could probably pass all the tests that glados gives her now when i was playing portal 2 i always i knew the whole cake reference but the whole companion cube reference I didn't really understand because I know in like Portal 2 and most likely Portal 1 that I've seen, you use a lot of the companion cubes to like open doors and stuff. So when they said the companion cube 
was like a high like popular character from mm-hmm. Mortal. I didn't realize the significance of it and because I always wondered like why did the one they people were talking about had this pink heart and like the other ones didn't? I was so confused until I like read up on the first portal and I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense now. They literally put you in this empty room <laughs> and they're like, here, have this companion cube to, you know, help you stay sane. And then GLaDOS is like, kill it. Yeah. Kill it with fire. Yeah, I never really understood that either. Like, why are, why do so many people love this cube? Don't understand. But then learning about this, it makes sense now. And then after you go through all of these test chambers and make your way through using your creativity and intuition on where to place portals, when you finally finish the final test chamber, are you ready for your promised cake? No. Instead of giving you your cake you were promptly reward supposed to be rewarded with, GLaDOS actually tries to put you in an incinerator. <laughs> that's a, a little different than a, a cake. Yeah, I think that's a little extreme, too. Like, what? I'm just trying to complete the courses you told me to complete, and now that I do it, you're going to throw me in an incinerator? Hey, that's in rude. her defense... Maybe the incinerator was there to light the candles. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt on that one. <laughs> so luckily, you still have access to the portal gun, and you use it to escape, and you end up getting out of the test chambers into, like, this maintenance area, which, for some reason, throughout the, like, how the test chambers GLaDOS could see you and all this, GLaDOS can't see you in the maintenance area, I guess? Yeah, maybe... Because, you know... Maybe, um... Maybe it's because the scientists were like, yo, if we have this AI watching us all the time, like, it's a little extreme. And maybe since it's maintenance area, like, if you're in uh, a regular business and they have a little warehouse setting, typically there's no cameras in the warehouse because there's not really much to, to worry about. So maybe that's why... That she can't see it, but she can basically see everywhere else. So, just weird, but. You have the impervious plot armor to keep you alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you go maneuver around this maintenance area. And GLaDOS is trying to get you to come back. And kind of starts panicking and goes like, Hey, I wasn't really trying to kill you. It was just a test. Yeah, it was just... You know, another test. Like, come on, really? That's the <laughs> best excuse you come up with? At least I thought of the excuse you were using the fire to light the candles. <laughs> and then she talks about, like, assume the party escort submission position, which is basically, like, the fetal position where you just lie down and, like, huddle up to so a party member can come and extract you. Obviously, you're not going to do that. And then as you're going through, the interactions continue. And that's where GLaDOS kind of kind of drops a, a little bit of a, a, a secret about you that, um, yeah, the reason why there's nobody here is because GLaDOS pumped neurotoxic gas in the facility and, yeah, kind of just killed everyone. I mean, that's the way to do it if you want to get rid of everyone in a building. I mean, just neurotoxin, right? I mean, if you want to know a similar story, you should go watch... Yeah, episode four. Episode four, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, because there's a similar story about pumping a room full of gas. Yeah, so now everybody in the facility is killed off, but you might be wondering, like, oh, but Shell's still alive, so how did that work out? So there's a comic called Lab Rat, where one of the employees, Doug Ratman survived due to his schizophrenia and distrust of GLaDOS. In trying to find a way to defeat GLaDOS, he finds out that Shell, one of the humans kept in cryogenic storage with an aperture, the person we're playing as, has a high level of tenacity, which we already mentioned, and arranges for the events of Portal to occur by moving her to the top of GLaDOS's testing list, which GLaDOS remains driven to test human subjects. It's kind of in her code. Despite the lack of humans, she still wants to do this, which is why Shell was specifically chosen and why you keep see markings on the wall as if someone's trying to help you escape 
because you see like these writings and stuff that kind of give you clues. So because of your high tenacity, Doug Ratman makes you the top of the test subject list. But then we later learn your tenacity, or we already talked about it, I believe. The tenacity is why Gladys hates you because you are winning, you're beating her basically, completing all her tests. So this kind of is the focal point of why you are living here and why you're running through these test subjects or test chambers. Which I also like that they added this little thing because there's some games, hence episode four, Horizon Zero Dawn. In that game, there's a lot of, like, in order to progress to the story. Now, I understand this is just, like, a whole game mechanics, so I'm not trying to be, like, too picky about it. But, like, in that game, yellow was, like, the indicator of where you had to go. But there were sometimes you would go to, like, uninhabited places and all this stuff. And it's like, wait, if the village people put this yellow, like, rope for, like, the tribesmen to know, why is there, like, this yellow stuff here? It doesn't make any sense. But then, with this game, we do see kind of writings on this wall, like, don't trust GLaDOS and just other stuff like this. And you're kind of like, oh, is someone here? Like, I thought everyone was dead. Like, why is this here? And then we find out a reason. And I think it just adds, like, another layer to the atmosphere, to the lore, that just also helps make this game even better than it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of, like deeper stuff behind everything you see like you said the the writing on the wall it's just you it's not obviously clear what that is through the game you have to read the labyrinth comic to figure that out but it just adds so much depth to this game that is on the surface level just a game about portals and it's a puzzle map but they didn't have to go and add all this information but they did and i think that's why one of the reasons this game is such a hit all this like deeper lore Plus, their mechanics, the game mechanics, are just phenomenal in general. So, combination of both. It just makes both. for a fun experience. Yeah, exactly. Combination of both, it turned out to be an amazing game. And that's kind of why I briefly compared it to Nazi Zombies, because in Nazi Zombies, you just kind of fight Nazi Zombies wave after wave as, like, a survival thing, but there is, like, hidden meeting of it, and there's, like, been so many talk about the hidden story behind Nazi Zombies and how it came, so... That's why I made the little similarity. But going back to the Portal series. So going through this maintenance area, you finally reach this oversized room where we come face to face with GLaDOS. Obviously, what GLaDOS does, the only way to try to dissuade you is with threats. With <laughs> threats of violence, taunts, you know, the signature GLaDOS She's, she's kind of petty, honestly. GLaDOS is a petty little hoe. That you know what that is that is pretty true, but you can't help but love her at the same right. time because oh my god I I just remember playing my first time through Portal Two and just all the stuff she would say especially like when you die mm-hmm. and stuff like the like, most oh, sarcastic you should have been remarks better. things like that. yeah it was like it was I think the monotone also helped mm-hmm. it was just like so no emotion and like or concern that it just made the game so much better but as you're talking with glad well not really talking she's more just throwing taunts at you this little like sphere falls down and you're like you know what let's grab it and there's an incinerator and i forget the in entire line she says because like i said she likes to use a whole scientific term but to dumb it down you end up putting this little sphere into the incinerator and she goes so you're telling me you put something we don't know into something we know destroys things like how stupid can you be (laughs) well we end up finding it's her morality code yeah probably shouldn't have done that because now GLaDOS is like, well, you just destroyed my morality code that was holding me back on just killing you. But now that's gone. So, yeah, let's pump the room full of neurotoxic gas. Isn't that fun? <laughs> and a six-minute timer starts, and 
Yeah, now you're on the clock because you destroyed her morality code and neurotoxin gas is being pumped in this room. So after you destroy her morality code, that begins this the six-minute sequence where every time that happens, there's a turret where it shoots a rocket at you and you have to use your portals to redirect the rocket back and hit GLaDOS. And every time you do that, another personality core comes down and it's just rinse and repeat. So once you finally do that, though, you end up an implosion like happens and brings you and GLaDOS out of the facility and then you're outside and you see the science facility start to like blow up and almost self-destruct and originally it just fades to black and that's it however when they announced that Portal 2 was coming they made a little bit of an update to the ending of Portal 1 so now everything's the same except at the very end instead of fading to black you see you get dragged away and then this unknown entity in the, speaking in this like robotic voice thanking you for assuming the party escort submission position and just like that after everything that happened you're brought back into the facility <laughs> i really i find it really interesting that they actually changed the ending of the game because of how big of a hit this game was there because like we said earlier this was supposed to be like a little bonus game, like a little thanks for buying this game pack. Have this little game here, and it was such a hit that they're like, you know, let's let's change this ending and have a second game, which I think is awesome because the second I think game it fit is it great. Perfect. Yeah, I agree. And the second game is just phenomenal. That was actually the first one we played. We actually, I believe, we got introduced to this game because we're like, oh, this looks fun, so we bought it. We played co-op first. Which yeah. is kind of which we'll talk a little bit later, but I thought that was really funny that we played co-op, and then we played or yeah, then we played single player. We did the whole series backwards, which is kind of funny. So, as you said, you get pulled back into the facility at the end of Portal One, which is the setup for Portal Two, where you wake up at Aperture Science Facility. Or, uh, you wake up in the Aperture Science Facility in a room with, resembling a motel room. So it's kind of like you, you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm just in a motel room. That's fine. But you realize very quickly that this is the Aperture Science Facility still. And it's starting to be run down on the verge of class. We don't actually know how long the time period has been since you get pulled back in. But all we know is you're going to have to do this all over again. So luckily... Wheatley, a personality core, guides you through the old test chambers in an attempt to escape. He just appears like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, I'm going to guide you. However, during your escape, you accidentally reanimate the dormant GLaDOS because you can't have a game without GLaDOS. <laughs> so, and GLaDOS obviously assumes her regular position. She separates you from Wheatley and she rebuilds the facility all over again so she can start her... Her testing, because that's basically her core role, is to test. That's all she wants to do, and that's all she will do. So she attempts to keep you get like um, Shell and Wheatley separated, and she wants you to run through these new test chambers until Wheatley manages to find her and help you escape. But basically, you run through these test chambers. And you meet back up with Wheatley. His sole purpose right now is like just to help you get away from GLaDOS. So eventually you find the Aperture's manufacturing plant and decide to sabotage it. Because at this point, just sabotage everything you see apparently. Shell is a very destructive person. <laughs> and you decide to sabotage it, sabotage it and change cores with GLaDOS and Wheatley to try to shut her down for good. But by changing cores... Wheatley is essentially driven mad with power and he attaches to GLaDOS's personality core or sorry he attaches GLaDOS's personality core to a potato and he's like you know this is a good idea let's like take this person and I'm just so powerful I'm just gonna throw her on a potato we'll see how she feels which she does not like that just to let you know but she's powerless because she's a potato 
Go figure, someone not liking being turned into a potato. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that? Right. So Wheatley basically assumes the role of GLaDOS, essentially. So we find out he was actually created in response to GLaDOS as an intelligence dampening core, which I find kind of a funny name, intelligence dampening. So he's basically, he dumbs her down. He's a, he's a dummy. To help, he he's made basically to hamper GLaDOS and her twisted personality. Just keep her at bay. When Wheatley hears of this, he promptly decides to drop Shell and GLaDOS through an elevator shaft all the way to the bottom level. Ah, <sighs> man. He, he just gets a little bit of power and he just goes crazy. I mean, it did say that he got mad with power, right? Like, yeah. in the game, so. <laughs> Very true. Makes sense. But it's also nice to know that the whole reason his existence was a dampening core, so he wasn't made to take control of GLaDOS, mm-hmm. which is probably why he couldn't overcome the power he got. It was, like you said, to dumb GLaDOS down, so GLaDOS became too high intelligent, so they literally made this core that's like, yeah, so whenever you think of something logical, this core is going to be like, Nah, we should do this instead mm-hmm. to make you not, I ha- guess, have great ideas? I'm not 100% sure the whole process of this dampening core. Yeah. <laughs> so after you fall down this elevator shaft, Shell goes and finds the potato battery with GLaDOS personality in it and decides to have a truce. The enemy of my enemy kind of deal. The enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of deal. So just like before you go and ascend through the test chambers that were all built like from the 1960s, 70s, 80s. And all throughout this, you discover like audio recordings from the actual founder, Cave Johnson. And it starts to give you more backstory and how the aperture start to lose its funding, lost its prestige lost its like trust in everyone and that's why it's so and looks so run down compared to the first one and before like the place could get shut down johnson was actually being was actually poisoned by the moon dust (laughs) which was just kind of a working hazard because that was used to help manufacture the portal conductive services that helped you place the portals on the walls and everything. So it's just kind of like a working hazard. And before he could ultimate, get to his ultimate device, he had one last like final request. He wanted to put the mind of his assistant, Caroline, which I'm not sure if it explicitly says like exactly what their relationship is. You can most likely assume that it was obviously someone very close to him. Mm-hmm. But they wanted, he wanted to put the mind of his assistant, Caroline, in this advanced computer design to hold human consciousness. Almost like the chronogenic freezers, but just solely for the mind. Yeah, well, so it's kind of like the, you're, kind of like she just like uploaded her mind, like plugged it in like a USB and... Which if you watch, or if you're familiar with SAO, that's kind of like a similar topic they do. But... Just to help you clarify kind of like what's going on. But that little container, advanced computer little thing, yeah, that is what actually led to the creation of GLaDOS. And when GLaDOS found this out, you can imagine the sort of thought process she was kind of thinking because throughout this whole series, you kind of get the little bit feeling that GLaDOS isn't very fond of humans. <laughs> just just a, just a little just, smidge. Yeah, like, just just a little bit. She only talks about wanting you to die a couple times, but, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, come on. A robot wanting to kill humans? That's not possible. <laughs> so, after they find out this fact, GLaDOS becomes very distraught. Okay, so... Yeah, she's she kind of like you said, she's just distraught because she hates humans so much. But then she realizes she basically is the consciousness of a human. That kind of messes with her head a little bit. But after completing 
all of these test chambers, you found the facility on the brink of destruction. And during these test chambers, you find the personality core of Gladys. GLaDOS. <laughs> and you force these corrupted programs in Wheatley to force another program exchange or core exchange basically kind of like what we did right in the beginning where we swapped glados and wheatley and then we gave glados control again after we swapped the cores but wheatley doesn't take a line down he is like listen i got this power i don't want to let it go so before the transfer can happen he destroys the button needed to start it and self-destruction seems all but inevitable he's like if i can't have this power no one can so when all seems lost, the roof collapses, and you can see the moon above you. So you're kind of stuck in this very bad predicament. But as we learned earlier, moon dust was used to create the surfaces in which the portals can appear on. So you take your portal, and you shoot one of them to the moon, and then you shoot another one on one of these surfaces on Earth. And it creates this vacuum where it pulls everything into space at this point, trying to kind of save your lives, essentially. So when all seems lost, you – so we shoot these portals, we create the vacuum, and Shell and Wheatley are actually pulled into the vacuum of space. During all this, GLaDOS actually regains control. So since GLaDOS regains control, she actually saves Shell – but she lets Wheatley just float off into space. It's fine. Wheatley is a, a douchebag anyway. So, Shell is saved. And GLaDOS claims to have learned humanity from Caroline. So, you're kind of seeing this part of GLaDOS where she's like, yeah, I found humanity. Like, I realize Caroline is part of me that cares about humanity and that I can't ever really hurt people. So, naturally, she does what any sane person would do. She deletes that personality. Totally frees herself from her humanity bonds. So she's like, fuck it, clean slate, Caroline's gone. Fuck the humans. However, after everything that has happened, how Shell's tenacity kept her going, GLaDOS claims it's just too much work to kill her. Like, I'm listen, Shell, like, we had a great time, but I'm done with you. Just get out of here. Like, I, I don't even want to see your face. And she just sets her free. Because at this point, Shell has proven that she is just way too much work. And uh, that's kind of the end of the single player in Portal 2. Listen, we've been together through Portal 1, Portal 2. Somehow, you didn't freaking die. <laughs> you know what? Just go. I'm tired of you. Just get out of here, you dumb, stupid animal. <laughs> Why were we both thinking that? <laughs> SpongeBob is. You can reference SpongeBob to any scenario. Doesn't even matter what it is. You can find a way to link SpongeBob to it. I was like, as soon as I was, the, I took that pause and then like that immediately <laughs> went in my head. And you said it. I was like, okay, I'm glad we were both on the same page there. <laughs> so now after the single player, we have the cooperative campaign, which is where most of our experience comes from. So after the single player campaign, you are playing as Atlas and Peabody, who are bipedal robots who help navigate the test chambers together. And both of them have their own fully functioning portal gun. One gets it's red and yellow, and then the other gets like blue and green. Although I think it's more of a like turquoise color, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's basically like turquoise or cyan or whatever. And so you go through the same things you've been doing. You go through all these different test chambers, but obviously you're robots, not humans. So after you get through each test chamber, you are promptly disassembled <laughs> and then reassembled into the next chamber because, you know, why not? And I think and, I think GLaDOS oh. gets a thrill out of this. Like, she loves just destroying things. So she she likes having fun with you basically just taking you apart because she just doesn't care yeah i could easily see that <laughs> and after every like series of puzzles you go to you end up going to this like centralized hub 
which itself is almost like a puzzle too because to get to certain points you actually have to still use your portal gun in order to navigate to get to these other areas so it's like a puzzle within a puzzle dun 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 <laughs> puzzle but <section>. all yes <laughs> but each set of puzzles focus on a very specific element of puzzle solving for you to acquire so each set like once you learn something like the whole infinite loop type deal that you can place and then shoot someone out and so they can keep like their kinetic force you end up having to use that over and over again so each time you learn like a new technique it is going to be used in the later levels so everything you learn is for a reason and after you finally get through the sets of puzzles you actually venture outside the test systems to the Apture Laboratories to recover data disk. Yeah, and like you said, when you learn something, they continuously reuse it. And I really like that aspect of it because they did a really good job at making you use everything that you've learned throughout like the whole course. They always bring stuff back, and it's just really – they did a great job. It's bringing all the puzzles together as you progress. It was just fantastic. I love this game so much. <laughs> I don't know. It was just it's... such a well-put-together puzzle game that it's going to be hard for any puzzle games to top it in the future. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, how you said you had to use what you learned in the previous levels, even though some games do that, like, you learn a technique or something, typically it's only for, like, Oh, so when you get to this door in like an RPG, they're like, oh, you have to do this ability or whatever to unlock this. And that's how you get through. And then like maybe later on in the level, they're like, oh, hey, same door again. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. Where Portal was more like, oh, okay, so you learn how momentum works. Now you have to use momentum for almost every single puzzle. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you learn that these cubes can do this. Well, guess what? Now the portal, now the next chambers have these cubes and the other cubes. So now you have to use both and you have to use kinetic energy. And it's like, holy crap. They purposely do this. So the beginning, yeah, you're like, oh my God, this is simple. Like these puzzles are easy. How could anyone do this? Well, that's because obviously you're just learning the portal guns. And then towards the end, you have to use all these different, especially in co-op where you have to like constantly change portals of which one you're shooting it gets so confusing and like to try to keep your momentum going it's insane yeah that was that was one of the problems i always had when i shot a portal i would always forget if it was my first my primary or my secondary so then when you shoot another if it was your secondary and you shoot your secondary <laughs> then you just fucked up your momentum and you just ruined your portal like your plan or you'll be flying through the air and you shoot a portal so you could get flung out the other one you shoot the wrong portal so you just go bam yeah, smack, smack the into wall. that wall <laughs> Yeah, and, and like you said, they tell you the ways, like, hey, this is how you keep your momentum. This is what you have to do to launch yourself. They walk you through it in the first one, and then after that, they're like, all right, figure out the rest. They don't hold your hand after you learn the initial, uh, like, puzzle piece. They basically just say, do what you got to do, figure it out. And I really like that about this game. No hand-holding, really. Plus, it's just fun to play cooperative because... I can't tell you how many times we struggled with it just because we would purposely kill each other. Oh my with god, our that was always so fun. <laughs> like, it would oh be yeah, fun jump, at first. jump through this and then you like fly off the cliff. Yeah. Or like you'd get momentum and you know exactly where you're supposed to put it, but then you put it somewhere else so it like shoots them in the water and mm-hmm. just instantly kills them. <laughs> and then you get that trust, you're like, no, I'm not jumping through this, you yeah. jump through it. It's like, oh, fine. I think one of the hardest levels we did, because as far as I know, we didn't look up any any guides or anything. We yeah. wanted to like solve this all on our own. So some puzzles, it's like puzzles in real life. There are some that you just instantly get right away, and then there's some that even though the simple the solution may be simple, but you just don't get right away. That's why one thing I love in real life is escape rooms. Mm-hmm. And 
they're definitely in some escape rooms i would find out certain puzzles like right away like oh we have to do this this and then there's others that seem simple that i'm just like i don't understand what goes on and someone else might get it well there was one level i don't think we were in the test chamber i think we're outside the system and the laboratory is trying to get one of these data discs and what needed to happen is we had to get this momentum going and you shot this portal on this like angled angled wall so you would fly up and kind of i guess fly in the arc and you're supposed to land on this platform <laughs> but no matter where you shot you would always overshoot it so b- and we're before like, you do this it's really funny because I was thinking about bringing up this exact same scenario before we even started recording this. Uh, this level has stuck with me for so long because it was so fucking frustrating. Sorry. It continue. <laughs> I kid you not. I think we spent probably two hours on this one level. Mm-hmm. Because no matter – we knew exactly what we had to do. We knew – you shot this portal once you had momentum. You would fling and you would land on this platform, which literally led to the end. Like, this is all we had to do. And on both sides, there were angled platforms. So either way, you could shoot to jump in and you would fly. Well, no matter where we were, we set a portal and would be on top of this, like, tall building and fall down. And we're like, all right, this is easy. This momentum will take us. We'll fling in the air. We'll land on the platform. Good as gold. Nope, you flung, you went <laughs> past the platform, and sometimes made it to the opposite side, or you would just die. And then we're like, okay, maybe we need to be at a smaller distance. So you would find a spot that had a sh- shorter height, I guess. So you would jump down, the momentum would not carry you, and you would die. So you had either jump short and miss, or you jump long and miss. Yeah, there was and just there was no winning. Nothing. <laughs> nothing we knew exactly what we had to do but we just could not do it and for the life of us we couldn't figure out what to do until one time i don't know how we decided to do it or we're like wait there are two platforms what if we both did it and we're like okay let's try it well the first time we did it, and, like, our timing was, like, completely off. But, like, one of us, we end up colliding, and we just fell where we collided. And then the light bulb came in our head, and we're like, we know what to do. So now it was just all timing, and it took us, I don't know, maybe, like, three or four tries to get the timing right. So basically what you had to do was you both jumped in this portal, and you had to have like jump in at the same height because if one was faster than the other, you would sometimes be higher than the person. So once we figured out what it was, it was just a timing issue, which we didn't really care. We finally figured out what to do. And what happened was you had to collide in the air and then you would fall on this platform. And it was such an ingenious corporation for this puzzle, but it was so God beyond frustrating mm-hmm. trying to figure this out. Yeah, I. It's really funny that you brought this up because this has been the one thing I couldn't stop thinking about when doing research, because it was just so frustrating. No matter what we did for like the past hour and a half of playing this, this level, we just could not land on this stupid fucking platform. But and then it's like after we got through that, we like breezed through like the next puzzle or something mm-hmm. like that. It was just funny because it's like that's the whole thing. Like some puzzles, some people will get instantly, and some will take harder. Don't fret if it takes harder. Just keep looking for solutions. Because if I replay that game, to be honest with you, there's probably going to be some puzzles I still get stuck on. Probably the same puzzles I got stuck on before. But that level, I will never forget that solution for. Just because (laughs) of how frustrating it was. That level, until the day I die, will probably stick with me for all eternity. Because that was just so frustrating when you know what you have to do, but you don't know how to do it. That is the most frustrating feeling ever in a video game. Yeah, and like you said, like, this has stuck with us for so long. I don't remember any other puzzle except that one. So The only other puzzle I remember, like, pretty clearly was there was one where 
one person goes in this like maze and this other person has a button that moves these blocks up and down. Yeah, there were a lot of times we killed each other in that. <laughs> I remember that. But that was just more of us like dicking around than mm-hmm. not being able to figure out how to do it. That it was just one of those fun ones to do. But yeah, that was a that was a good experience. And after we get these discs that we've been trying to do for, you know, over two hours to land on this one specific spot. <laughs> <laughs> so after you get all these, recover all these data discs, she just, she ends up killing you guys, like, instantly. So instead of just dissembling you, she just, after you, each time you find, like, a disc, you just, like, blow up and become parts. And then obviously you are end up reassembled for the next puzzle. But GLaDOS isn't too excited about having robots as her test subject. Because she's like, they don't truly die. Yeah, she's they don't she's a sadist or something. Like she she just I mean, loves humans being hurt. Apparently, because her, she just wants to test people over and over again, but with Peabody and Atlas, because they can never truly die, she's like, mm, this isn't what I want. And she actually even gets a little uncomfortable because they start to get a little close because, you know, robots stick together. So you still, after you get these data discs, you go on a few more puzzles and you eventually get to the vault where you end up opening up and you see all these humans stored in cryo cryo what's it considered cryostasis yeah cryostasis cryogenic or cryogenic or, or, stasis yeah and it's just like the beginning where shell was stuck in cryogenic stasis for these test subjects and glados gives thanks to the robot and goes thank you Look at all these new <laughs> test subjects I have. And the camera kind of like slowly pans out to see like these hundreds of humans stuck in this cryogenic stasis. And then the game just kind of ends right there. And you left like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I would really love if they made another portal. Although I don't think they will just because they kind of ended on such a high note that making another would be um, kind of risky. Because most people probably would think it's more of the same, this and that. So, but I would love another portal. It just probably would be difficult to make it unique compared to the last two. It would, just more the fact that, like, story-wise, there's really not much mm-hmm. to go off of. Because, I mean, in Portal 2, because they actually decided to make it, like, a featured game, they were able to create the story with Shell and Wheatley going through all this. So there was actually, like, a story behind it. But then after the end of Cooperative that you could say is the actual end of the game, it's kind of like, okay, you have these test subjects, so what? You just get another one, repeat the process, and it's basically Portal 1, but now it's more, like, unique challenges. Like, I feel like, if anything, they could make maybe not a full game, but add more like test chambers or something to it i think they actually if i remember my research they actually made do you know the game super mario maker Mm -hmm. where you can make like levels for super mario world they made something similar to that for portal yeah i did see that own test chambers yeah i saw that actually on the other when i was doing the research some research as well i forget what it was called but yeah it was basically you just create your own levels and stuff like that so if they made like a Super Mario Maker, but for Portal, I think that would be like the only other way you could do it. It's yeah. like they maybe definitely... put like a small little story so you can have something with it, but it would basically be all online of you creating test chambers, testing them out, testing other people's test chambers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, they definitely, I think, exhausted their storyline, which I think the, the lore and everything was great, but they kind of ran their course with that. So like you said... If they did do anything, there wouldn't really be much story to it at all. It'd more just be puzzle solving. 
But I think the story is also what helped make it such a good game, so it probably wouldn't have the same reception as it did previously. That's true. So, after the events of the co-op multiplayer, there is a DLC that was added, which the robots were reactivated by GLaDOS a week after the events of the co-op campaign, during which GLaDOS has already wiped out all of the found test subjects <laughs> after attempting to turn them into killing machines. So it takes her one week to literally kill everybody that she had. Now, if you saw the ending, I wasn't exaggerated when there was probably like hundreds yeah. of these people. There were a lot of them, and she killed them all in a week. She, She's just something else, honestly. So the robots are sent out to find a, a saboteur that has taken control of the prototype central core and is causing problems in the facility. The saboteur is revealed to be a bird pecking at the council's keyboard, which sends GLaDOS into a panic when she recognizes it as the one who tried to eat her during her times is a potato battery in the events of the single player portion of Portal 2. Because she was that's this potato and a bird was just starting to eat her and she was powerless. So she freaks out. Even though she has all this power, this little bird sends her into like a frenzy. Even, I guess, AIs can get PTSD. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, so she's freaked out. But the robots manage to shoo away the bird and earn a rare compliment from GLaDOS before she notices eggs in a nest. Instead of having them smashed, GLaDOS has the eggs taken to her chambers so she can raise baby birds to be her own little killing machines. Because she's exhausted her supply of humans, so now she's got some birds to to be her new killing machines. And thus was the creation of the movie, Birds. Which, if you don't know, it's about, like, these seagulls that go crazy and, like, try to attack humans and all this stuff. But, but yeah, that was that was the Portal and Portal 2 lore backstory behind the games. It's not just a simple puzzle game, although it does try to kill you a lot. <laughs> but anyways, besides the point. So I would like to leave you guys with this question of the day. If you had access to the Portal gun, what would be the first thing you would do? Or what is something you, like a goal you would want to do with the portal gun? Assuming it could be used on any surface rather than just any flat surface. Any flat let's surface. Say, let's let's put it. Let's be a little specific so it's not any any flat surface. So it could be any wall, any floor, the vault bank. You know, become <laughs> a international criminal. But yeah, where uh, you can't shoot it at the moon. Where, <laughs> We're taking that away, yep. even though you can use it for moon dust. Uh, well, I guess we can let you go to the moon, because you'll just die instantly if you do it. So, you know what? Screw it. You can shoot it at the moon. <laughs> if you wanted to destroy the world by sucking it into the vacuum of space, why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so tell us what you would do with the portal gun. I think I would... I don't even know what I'd do. I'd just try to find a good vantage point and just use it to travel. Although, you can't really... I was about to say, you know the movie Jumper? Yeah, basically that. That would probably be my thing, because honestly, I would just hate... I just hate that, like, traveling. Because I would, I would really do want to travel, like, all over the world. But just the time and money it takes to do all that with a portal gun, it would be... Obviously, you can't just shoot it anywhere. So, if you wanted to be, like, across continents... You'd have to fly there once, but then it would be nice to be like, boom, so now you have a spot in another country. So, say you want to go to Europe, you just pick one country there, and then you can find a spot but, to like hide your portal. And then you could be like, all right, well, if I ever want to at least go to Europe, I can just go over there. The and not downside to that, though, once you place another portal, uh, or the same type of portal, that one would disappear. What you got to do is you go to an airport shoot it onto the wing of a plane and then you oh, get the man. you get the information for the airplane you look online you see when it lands in the destination you want to go to then you shoot the other portal wherever you are and then you can just jump through and you'll pop out the wing of the plane and you'll be in the airport of the destination you want to be 
You don't even got to travel. You just is, you'd still have to run because if someone just sees you pop out on top of an airplane, I mean, I don't think airport security would take very. Uh, that's fine. Cause take kindly to that. That's fine because this is what you do. Because now you're in an airport, you still got a portal gun. Just like shoot the portal really far off into the horizon, but kind of angle it <laughs> downwards so it still hits the ground, and then you shoot a portal at your feet and you pop out some ways away. They they'll never be able to catch you. Or you shoot, but then. You run to, like, try to get to the front of the airport real quick, and you shoot it at one of the buses. And so as you're about to get taken hostage by, uh, what is it called? Um, TSA, you just, TSA. poof. You, you're you now popping out wherever this bus went. You just got to be innovative, man. <laughs> got to use that creativity you used in the Portal games in exactly. real life. Exactly. We have the tenacity to finish the game. You have the tenacity to escape the TSA. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for me. You got anything you want to add with your portal gunning in real life? No, I think that pretty much sums it up because it does... I think that it doesn't become overpowered because of the fact that you overwrite portals... But I still think I would probably fly once over to, like, Europe. Because Europe is a lot smaller than we think. So even if you just had the money, you could easily, like, stay home, work. And if you ever wanted a vacation, you could just go over there and then, like, drive all over Europe or whatever. It would, And then once you got sick of it, when you go home, you just fly to a new country. So you don't waste all that money. But I think that's what I would do. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so yeah, guys, that's the question of the day. If you had a portal gun in real life, what would you do with it? Please uh, let us know, and you can send uh, send us your answers at weepspawn at gmail.com. Or on Instagram or Twitter if you want to tweet us or comment on one of our photos of preferably the one about this podcast. It would be easier to find, but yep. hey, you do you. <laughs> Yeah, so to finish off this podcast, I have some facts for you. At the 2008 Game Developers Choice Awards, Portal won Game of the Year, along with Innovation Award and the Best Game Design Award. So they won three pretty prestigious awards just on these this little four-hour game. Uh, Eurogamer gave Portal first place in its top 50 games of 2007, and... IGN also placed GLaDOS from Portal as the number one video game villain on its top 100 villains list. Which, see, everyone loves GLaDOS. You can't hate GLaDOS. That's when you know you did a villain good, is when everyone doesn't think it's not a villain. He or she is for sure a villain, but people still like them Mm -hmm. that's how you know you made a top-notch villain yeah a likable villain is a good villain uh the portal series is linked to the half-life series the events of portal take place between the first and second half-life games while most of portal 2 is set a long time after the events but it's still set between the half-life games which is interesting i never knew that they were like the same universe essentially just kind of cool yeah i found that out there actually because that's why in half-life you actually use you can use the portal gun is they're actually in the same series and hmm. the facility lab that you're in uh what was the name of the stupid they were actually competing for funding with another military like facility and i guess that military facility is in half-life and that's also kind of how they like linked up there's not much like actually linked up in there besides like references Mm -hmm. but it is canically said that portal and half-life coexist that's so interesting i never actually knew that Uh, but then again i've never played half-life but i heard it's a fantastic game so uh it's very popular on the social medias (laughs) both Portal 1 and Portal 2 received universal acclaim for, from reviewers on its release and received uh, an average score of 90 out of 100 and 95 out of 100, um, respectively, according to review 
the reviews at Metacritic. Which is, I guess, a highly acclaimed, like, critic review. Mm-hmm. I was, like, looking up there, but I guess it's really hard to get, like, a perfect 100 <laughs> or something out of that. So them scoring that high is, like, yeah. holy crap. That's a and big it's not just them. Like, IGN, GameSpot, almost all of them gave almost perfect scores, like, 4.5 out of 5. 5 out of 5, mm-hmm. 9.5 out of 10. Like, yeah, this, everyone just loved these games. They really, like, hit the mark with this game. But that's all the facts I have for you guys today. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, like we both mentioned, uh, send us questions, concerns, recommendations, anything to us at weebspawn at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at weebspawn. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weeb spawn.